I'm still passionate about this. You know, I've been involved in the street food industry now for 15 years, and I still really enjoy like seeing new food traders come through. Like you know, you see the passion that people have for what they do. Yes, everyone, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the. Positive Birmingham Food Podcast presented by Child and Friends, Liam and Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought together by our passion for food and Birmingham. Yeah, so I come round to your way thinking you've always been passionate about Birmingham. I've got there the last few years, haven't I? <laughs> no, I like, I like old man pubs and sitting there just drinking beer all day, so Birmingham's always been good for that. Yeah, that's true. Can't knock that. Now it's even better for everything. Yeah, we've just got everything else now. <laughs> how you doing, man? Yeah, buzzing. Good, good. Yeah, I like how we do this. Like, we ain't been sat for like two hours we talking before we do this. Two hours but they don't know this. <laughs> People at home are wondering where to work. You don't know. We've got loads going on, man. We've um, been so busy. Oh, mate. I've wrote down loads of stuff to talk about before the guests. And I don't think we can put it all in, to be honest. No, we're going to have to split it over a couple of episodes. But um, where you been eating, man? Oh, it's been wicked. So we had Wingfest, which obviously is linked into this episode, and I think it comes up in the episode as well. Yeah, it was a co-production with uh, Digbeth Dining Club. Yeah, and I'm not joking, Wingfest was fantastic. I know, like, when I first heard about it, I was like, that can't be a big thing, Wingfest. Mm. And then the more it got on and I seen clips of other ones they've done, I was like, man, this is going to be fucking huge. Because I remember, I don't know if I spoke about this before on the podcast, but when we went to the launch at Breedies, and it's the same at all the launch, everyone's so excited and enthusiastic. But then part of you is thinking, oh, hang on a minute, this is still Birmingham. (laughs) This isn't London. Birmingham might not um, take to it as quickly as like London did. I know you sell out in London, but Birmingham. Two sessions, I thought they might struggle with two sessions for wings. And I'm not joking, mate. Like, turn up. So it's huge, and I love wings anyway. Like, and we had spoke about this. It's the only thing you probably could do a festival on because you get to try loads of stuff. Like, you can how many wings can you get free? You know what I mean? Like a lot, yeah. especially me. Yeah, you so get you to a burger so fest. Many yeah, as much as you love the idea of a burger fest, you ain't eating more than three burgers. No, not a chance. Even if you're splitting them with someone, you're going to struggle to get through a, a decent amount. So this is great. You can try loads of different people's wings. Like for me, greedies were the standout as always. Like, Greedies are my favourite. They're massively banging wings. But they were great. Poor boys were up from London. They were fantastic. There were so many. You know, I could sit here just naming great wing companies. Yeah. They were really glad. Fantastic. And it sold out on the first day. Oh, mate. The one we went to was heaving. There was axe throwing. There was wicked bar. Like, the bar was massive. There was barely a queue to get a drink. Like, they'd thought about it a lot. Mm. There was loads of options for booze. Loads of wings. The good people. And they all took it really serious. Like, I love that because it just goes they'll go back now to London or wherever and they'll be like yeah Birmingham man we've been why didn't we go to Birmingham sooner we've yeah, been sleeping yeah, yeah. on our good Birmingham well, they, sold, they sold out the Saturday and that's yeah. I was chatting to one of the organisers and that was the first event outside of London that actually sold out so they'll be thinking we should have went there sooner like you know mate it was absolutely it didn't help that it was one of the hottest days of the year mm. that was a bit annoying because it was I mean I was sweating buckets the whole time but it just means we'll get more cool stuff because people will hear about that and go yeah we should bring this to Birmingham they'll probably love this you know bring, yeah, it just man. gets the cool stuff there mate it was wicked I cannot wait for next year's if they bring it back I presume they will but it was so much fun and then uh, every year this is what the third or fourth year you know we've worked closely with them done podcasts with them in the past Beer Central yeah Beer Central's back that was back good to see it back good to try some good beers tried loads but mate this year I went all out I went all of us going all imperial styles. <laughs> <laughs> go big, go home kind of thing. Like. Yeah, that was it. Well, 10% or die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, these all these 10%ers one. There was one from Black Iris that was fantastic. And Digba had a wicked one on. And, yeah, it was great. And there was a lot of people there I knew. It's one of these things now. Like You bump into that many people, you end up knowing loads of people. Mm. So we go to an event like this and you spend the whole time chatting, really. 
It feels a little bit like an industry party with all the different brewers and that there. It does. It? If you go on the yeah. right night, yeah, because obviously we've had a lot of the people on the podcast, yeah. the local people, and all know them anyway. So, yeah, it was wicked. Another awesome. festival. The Saturday looked really good. I went the Friday night. The Saturday looked better. I'm not going to lie. It was cold that Friday night. Just to happen to be the first night know, that went yeah. down to 10 degrees. Like. First cold night of the, well, since summer. And it was absolutely freezing. I was so cold. I mean, it's good. It keeps your beer cold. <laughs> yeah. But you don't really have much in your glass anyway, so you don't really need it. Yeah. No, but I think summer vibe. I think it's more of a summer thing. Summer it's a bit thing. Warmer. Like the Saturday looked great. Like the Saturday day session. It was warm that Saturday. It was sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think beer's better in the sun. Oh, I went to party of the year. Party of the party year. Party of the year. Mutt's motorcycles. Oh man, I'm so good. I missed Kings this. Norton, their first birthday party from their beautiful site. And I mean, this is weird to say for a place that does up motorcycles and does all this stuff for motorcycles. The building's beautiful. Like it's jet black. The inside's jet black. It's cool as shit inside. They've got a wicked coffee shop. Like it's, I want to buy a motorbike now. Like, <laughs> I want to buy a motorcycle. Yeah, I want one of their yeah. motorcycles. And it was wicked. It was organised by Belle that works there, and she's fantastic. They had free bands on, three free bands on. But like, yeah. where do you go to a venue where it's like there's no charge to get in, and they had bands on. Bands. They had good food on. Like I had disco fries, and they were fantastic. I've never had them before. Street Chef is there. You know, I've had Disco Fries loads. Wicked, mate. Yeah, I know. Well, I know now. Disco Fries is your side, isn't it? It's I don't bother getting fries from anywhere else if Disco Fries are there. You get your main dish from somewhere and then you go and get your Disco Fries. No, I just had it. It was called Tika Turner. Nice. Which Vaughan had a Tina Turner top on, so I thought, oh, I've got to get them. <laughs> they just happened to be really good. But they had um, Wicked Music on. Best band was Margarita Witch Cult, who I've wanted to see for a a little bit now. The videos on social look so good. I was so jealous I wasn't there, man. It looked up. It's like they're like our perfect, like they're like our soul animals, like you know. Yeah, yeah. That band is literally like someone just took out my brain what yeah, I want to listen yeah, to yeah, when yeah, I'm listening yeah. to rock music. But even the motorcycles, like if you talk about brands that are lying, like ours and theirs, like, you know. You had the bar there. You had Bailey's of Bromsgrove doing the bar. And you see them at a lot of events, mm. and they're always wicked. They always have a great selection of beer on. Just wicked. Really you said there's going to be more events coming up at Mutt's? So. Yeah, there's nothing definite yet, but there could be something around Christmas time, maybe. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I, 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 t- I told them, put me I down for anything it. they do, I'm going to it. I definitely won't miss that again. Not a chance. No, yeah, I bet you were good too. Yeah, mate, I was devastated. A lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Talking about kind of big events, and we kind of touched on Street Food there, today's episode... They created a street food scene in Birmingham. It's just epic. I mean, everybody knows Dick Dining Club. Yeah, just huge, man. You can't say street food in Birmingham without them being involved. It's what? a great podcast as well, listening to like how it started and his vibe. and Really, like, you really buy into what he says. Like, he's really convincing. You can tell he really cares. What comes across for me is how, how much he loves food. I mean, it goes without saying most of the time. You have to, like love food to start something like this but you'd be surprised how many people just do it for the money he, he genuinely loves food and how much he like just loves meeting new traders and bringing them through like and following their stories and being a part of the story like that's massive for jack isn't it yeah but all these people like we talk about it obviously on the podcast they start off with street food but now after them are restaurants that so that's what i was gonna say like you know he's like, gone he's created a street food scene and now they're creating like the kind of casual middle ground as well you know Baked in Brick, OPM, Meat Shack, now you've got Buddha Belly. Yeah, all these places, like he's helped get them where they are, and now they're opening restaurants. So they're you can say he's helped the restaurant scene as well as the street food scene. That's what I mean. That, that middle ground that we're always moaning there isn't enough of. We also, we've got loads of street food, and we've got loads of Michigan stars, but we haven't got a middle. These Michigans, these middles are coming now, eight Vietnam. They're all coming. They started off on the street food scene. It's just, it's hard to put into words how important the Dining Club has been to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just an episode we've, we've obviously been wanting to make for ages. Just yeah, took a while. Yeah, like the original list of what we drew up when we yeah, first started of course. doing the podcast. Like, it was on the list. Jack, the Dining Club, you, you're going to talk to him, and yeah, you? you got to, like, what's a Birmingham food podcast where I talk to the Dining Club? It's not Birmingham. <laughs> Yeah, is it, it's yeah, criminal yeah. it's took us this long yeah to... it's criminal but we've got around COVID. I'm blaming COVID everyone yeah, blames COVID, COVID. COVID I was going to get him on then COVID you know. <laughs> yeah, COVID's not an excuse now. Nah, yeah re- really interesting listen it doesn't affect 
the podcast at all, but there was a, he's very enthusiastic, man. He was banging the table as he talked and it's always the way when you get people in fits. There is a, you might hear a, a, a like a, a bang, like throughout the, just ignore that. You do, it does go away. You don't even think about it. No, nah, this is normally what I get in trouble for though. Yeah, Carl normally bangs the table, but. Usually doing something. You I can't, can't keep still. You can't hold someone back when they're that enthusiastic, mate. You've got to let them go and then just apologise for the banging afterwards. And yeah, it was a wicked podcast. Don't let it put you off. Listen to what he has to say because it is fantastic. We absolutely love making this episode as we love making all our episodes. We do this podcast purely for the love of Birmingham and its food. And we really hope you all enjoy this too. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack, Digbeth Dining Club. Jack, how you doing, mate? Welcome, welcome to the show. No worries. Looking forward to it. Having a good day? Not too bad. Enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's sunny today, isn't it? Very sunny. Very so, sunny. So not good. This, no, ground, not, but this not, is in the middle of a heat wave. <laughs> it's in the middle of a heat wave and I've got pasty skin, so it's no good. Luckily, <laughs> so <laughs> the studio has got air con. Some of the best air con around because it's a tiny room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That keeps us nice and cool. I love how you say that. Like you've been around and tested all the aircon places. Like, yeah, I have. <laughs> I've a done a test. Unit, this is the place. Tiny little room. <laughs> I think Digworth Dining. Everyone knows it. Just it's created a whole scene, hasn't it? Like you know, you think back to what food was. Well, I say street food, but food in general in Birmingham was like. How did you get started, Jack? Um, well. DDC was a drunken idea. I think I'll we'll start with that story. I think you know. Oh, I think many ideas. people have heard that one. I think you know. <laughs> fortunately, we're not advocating drinking, but it was a good idea that snowballed into a ten-year sort of like uh, joke of a story, really. But um, yeah, no, I, I was working in uh, sort of media production and video production, and um, we were filming the sort of the rise of street food in London from various other places, and came from there really. I mean, we were seeing what was going on in, in various places, and you know, it was we came, and I was, I was working uh, alongside my best friend Mark, who works for a company called the Nationwide Catering Association, and you know, they look after a lot of the food traders, the background stuff, they look after all the admin stuff, and we worked very closely with them for over ten years now mm. as DDC, and we were, we, were, we were filming this sort of like you know this 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 cult culture that was starting to come up, and it was just brilliant, you know, like it was like you know. It was just like you see all these people with like a passion for food. It's like, you know, there's a lot of old ravers that get into street food. And especially back in like the 2008, 2009 period, like a lot of it is people like, you know, getting, you know, to where it's 30, 30 plus, maybe a bit older. They're like, you know what, I'm a bit tired, but I still like to have a party and I like cooking food. So like that's sort of how it happened. And we were going to things like meat raves where you, you know, you, you know, you might, you might have heard of meat liquor. You know, he did put a tweet out when Twitter was in its infancy and, um, you know, I'm going to be in this car park. Yeah, and you get queues of people, <laughs> there'll be some music going on, and it was just like, this is great. And it was like, right, we want to bring this back. And we were coming back to London, talking ideas, going to people, oh, we love this street food thing. And, like, and then you get like people going, what street food? You go, like, it's the future, it's the future. <laughs> and um, so then, you know, obviously when the rainbow was around in Birmingham, like we thought, like, right, we're going to do this. And we approached them and we said, look, we want to put on a thing called, we want to run a street food nightclub. And they were like, what, what, what the hell street food and I was like it's the future <laughs> and um, they took a punt you know and they had this new space which was Spotlight at the time and it was an old taxi repair uh, warehouse and we had a little bit of space outside and we did all this like you know like with all my old media stuff like we did all this like subliminal messaging going like street food is the future blah 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 and it sort of paid off and a lot of foodies took attention and you know we, we sort of collated a lot of local traders like the meat shack original patty men were working for luke you know like then they were coming over like finishing at luke designing jeans and coming over and like setting up like things and everything like that and we took a punt August Bank Holiday 2012 and, and like, I think about 2,000 people turned up over the first weekend I was like yeah we've cracked it this is brilliant <laughs> brilliant told you it's brilliant everyone loves this and then like after that you know no one came it was like we were paying our mates to come like you know come, come please come please come um, but we persevered like we did every week 2013 there was one of the worst snow blizzards you remember it was, it was snowing till like March mm, yeah. really heavy and we were like oh god what have we done like this is a really bad idea and um, but we persevered and we carried on, uh, did it every week, got better and better, found more traders, you know, people got to know about it, you know, then they started coming down and, um, you know, year on, we won our first 
award, but the British Street Food Awards is the best event. And it's really snowboard from there, really. I think like the local media took attention, and then we got better. We started putting on street parties. We got more traders. We got more people from around the from around the country to come and do stuff. What made you carry on? Like, because it must have been real tempting at the start. Just um, sad. Fuck it, it's not working. Let's just. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, you know what? I was really lucky, actually, because I, I sort of put my media stuff on the side because I was freelance. And just I, there was something telling us that we had to carry on with this. And I put part and soul onto it. I was really lucky. I was like, you know, um, you know, where I was living, like, it's my friend, my friend, she didn't let me pay rent for a year, you know. So I was, I was able to sort of like have a go at this. And, and we built from there. And it was, it was brilliant. And like, you know, it's, it's gone from there to, you know, like, obviously, we, Finished that in Digbeth in eight year after eight years, you know, where to the point where we're getting six thousand people and you know gone on to do everything else. So you say lucky, but it would have been very easy for you to get. I mean, you, there must have been times where you were very downhearted. You were thinking, no, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. To but keep going after that, that's not luck. That's I, th- luck. I, th- I think that you know, like you know, we're, I'm still passionate about this. You know, mm-hmm. I've been involved in the street food industry now for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. In some guys, you know, some guys or another, and I still really enjoy like seeing new food traders come through. Like you know. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see the passion that people have for what they do, and like you know, I think the thing about the street food industry is like you can come from any walk background. Like we've had people who've worked in Michelin star kitchens, we've had mm-hmm. people who've like come from like you know they've just had a job, but they've got a passion for what they do. You know, like you, know, you look at someone like Andy from Low and Slow. You know, um, you know he's, he's you know he's been working with us over at Hockley, and you know he was a, just a real passionate you know smoker at barbecues. You know, you have. Jamie from uh, Greedy's, you know, they've gone and opened a place in Sturgeon. He was a bin man, you know, and he was he would finish his shift at six o'clock in the morning, whatever it is, and then go and come and set up and do stuff with us. And you, you hear those stories, and you, you can't you can't fail to be sort of like really emboldened and sort of like interested in what these guys do. And that's what that's what we really like to give a platform for. Like we're basically people that just try and give a platform to these fantastically skilled people. In the beginning, there must have been some that. Like I'm sure, I don't want you to name names or slagging them off, but there must have been some that weren't really up to it. Like, how did you filter out? What did it, you say from day one? Because from I remember going like very early days, and it was always it was pitched to me as like restaurant quality food, mm. but like on the streets and, and affordable. Did was there something you put into place very early on? Because how, why, how did you not get like one of them burger vans from outside the football turn off so, selling shit? You know, like, like obviously when it was just you know you know. When it was just James, so James and I are business partners on this one, and like you know, we've we've you know, James was one of the guys who had the venue down at uh, Spotlight, and you know, we joined forces and we did this. We go off and do like taste testing, you know, doing all this, you know, I do secret shopping, go and check out places. I mean, unfortunately, don't have much time anymore, but we've got you know, we've got quite quite a big team now, and like one of the big things is is that we send the guys out. We still do secret shopping, go and check out traders. We go and do all that because what we really want to do is get the quality people on there. I mean, like. You know, no, nothing's 100%, you know, like, you know, and obviously tastes are different, but, you know, it goes back to that passionate thing, but we also want to see what people do and, like, you know, we've been lucky to work with hundreds of food traders over the years and, like, you know, you know, we see how many restaurants have come out of it, you know, like, especially in Birmingham and what's coming up in the future. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, I think it's a case if we go out and test it and we want to, but it's, it's not just about the food as well. We want to see, like, their personality come through. I mean, part of street food is, is the theatre, you know, and I think that's what people, they, you know, People are more aware of what they're putting in their mouth when it comes to food nowadays, aren't they? And when you've got an opportunity to speak to the person that's going like, oh, well, I can tell you where I've got this food from or what, what's my process in cooking this. That's exciting. We want, to, we want those stories. We don't want just people going like, right, I'm flipping a burger and that's it. You know, like it's, we're not interested in that. You can go well, to a festival. you're using that beef, but there's four quid profit in it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sad. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, so you, it's the, the word provenance, isn't it? So yeah. it's, you know, a lot of people can go off and, and who we work with can tell a story behind why they're cooking that food. I mean, you know, one of my favourite uh, street food traders is Street Super Lucky, for example. You know, mm. I spent a lot of time in Athens as a kid because my dad lived there, and you know, like it's that Ratatouille moment with Street Super Lucky for me. You know, like when you know, there's that scene in Ratatouille yeah. where he eats food and he, just, he goes back to his childhood because of the food. Well, street Super Lucky is like that for me because it gets that taste, and I love the story of the whole family being involved, and it's proper Greek food to me. Yeah. And I love that, you know, and it's, it's those sort of things that, you know, keep me keep me going. Do you feel a certain responsibility to these people? Because they, obviously they've got these great stories and they do all this stuff and you get, a, a, you must be an attachment to them. So do you feel a responsibility for them as well? Yeah, I mean, I've made some, you know, we've made some really great friendships out of this over the years and we, there is a sense of responsibility. And that's why we keep on trying to expand because we want to create more and more work. I mean, COVID, what COVID's taught us more than anything is, you know, the support that the government did, you know, 
furlough and all that stuff. Let's be honest, you know, we saved a lot of businesses and it saved a lot of people to do stuff. But there were a lot of people that were left and they fell through the cracks. And that was a lot of people in the street food industry because they didn't have bricks and mortar. So more than anything, that made me realise that, you know, we have to keep on going, create create opportunities, create jobs, you know, get this out into the wider thing. And, you know, I think, again, that's where we create this sort of like, I don't like to use family vibe, but like we create somewhere where we're constantly giving opportunities to people to work. You kind of nurture them as well. Like, do you know, if someone's falling off the rails a little bit, just turn around and say like, I know you're better than this lad. It, there, is a li- there, a little, there is a little bit of that. I mean, like, you know, and that's not, it's not a lie. We, you know, we, we do expect high standards, you know, like, you know, we do, you know, like we look at ways to improve things like social media nowadays, like marketing is so important. You know, if you want to be successful, you've got to showcase what you do. So, you know, we have um, sort of workshops with people and how, and how to like, you know, showcase what they do, marketing, everything like that, you know, and, and, and how to make yourself look better online, you know, and appeal to your customer base. Because mm. fundamentally, we, we know that we're good at getting people to a place, but it's your job to sell your food. So we, you know, we do try and help people in that way. And, you know, we, we do try and help people think about ways to, to do stuff. I mean, um, you know, we've been doing stuff, we you know, since since COVID, obviously we set up our, our community interest company, which is basically a charity. And, you know, we're working with Villa, for example, with the, the academy where we teach entrepreneurial skills, which is all about how to market business better, how to make it more successful. And, you know, that's that's something that, you know, like we try and help all of our traders that run our books too. Yeah, I've seen that. It was, um, you're on match of the day. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I sat in Stevie G's seat and I'm a Villa fan, so, you know, it's one of those. So I was in I was Ireland quite and I was like, that's Jack. <laughs> I was like, Jack's on, the, on a match of the day. <laughs> well, we were a hodgepodge of all football fans, but I was not going to lie, I was very happy to sit in Stevie G's hat seat and, uh, you know, give it the big one. We won't hold the fact that you're a Villa fan against us. No. Well, you, listen, you, you know, Birmingham's a great place for football. Just better if you're a Villa fan. Blues started to pick up on a few of the traders as well now. Uh, fat snags outside yep. the Blues and stuff like that. People just expect more now, don't they, from street food? Well, I, th- I think what what's happened across the UK, and obviously you see it, like you know, street food has now gone mainstream, and I think it's a, it, it, it's 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 now starting to become a mark of quality. People, it goes back to what I said earlier. People don't want to have those cheap burger vans. I mean, like if they're going down to Booker's and getting like you know a cheap five p burgers, and they're getting, being expected to pay eight pounds, it's like, well, why am I paying eight pound for? Mm. Whereas you've got some of the people that we work with where they're getting you know, food from fantastic suppliers they're making it all themselves it's like well, if they're charging the same cost well you understand why there is a cost there and there is a cost you know everything is going up you know we're you know we're not, we're not all blind to this at the moment costs are going up but if you're going to go to somewhere like the blues and you want to have a burger or have a, a hot dog from the likes of fat snacks then you want to see that and you want to have quality and go like you know what i'm happy to pay those costs i don't know how modest you are but the main reason everybody knows about street food and expects a certain amount of quality from street food in birmingham is because of digbeth diets yeah i mean like you know we we did again what i said earlier it's like we want to see you know every trade that works with us we want to see a market quality and i think the midlands especially we've been recognized as like having some of the best food traders because they know if they're going to work with us they need to up their standards so you don't get you know like if unless you like we see something that's going to make it you stand out you're not going to get on our books so you know i think that's how you know i like to think we've helped to to shape what's happened in the Midlands, but I know talking to, you know, if you go to a lot of places around the UK, you're seeing Midlands traders popping up all over like Sheffield, Manchester, Leeds, London, everywhere. You're seeing all of the traders that work for the Midlands because people go like, oh, they're a really bloody good trader and we need to have them. And, you know, that's good to see as well. As far as getting traders on the books, say someone comes to you and they've just started up a street food business. Mm. How do they get from starting up to being at your events? So, you know, we, we we always advise, obviously, you know, we, we work hand in hand with the likes of, uh, of NCAS, which is the Nationwide Coat Association. And like what they really do is they give the, the support network that uh, food traders can have. So they help with their insurances, public liability, making sure that they are safe. And that's the most important thing. And that's why we work with so many councils, because we, you know, we work so close to these guys to make sure that the standards are high. You know, none of, you know, all of our traders got high uh, hygiene ratings which is great so we we get we put that in place before you start it's like you know that's a, that's a requisite you've got to work you've got to do that stuff because it's important you know we want to make sure that you know if you if you care about your business you care about uh, your back of house especially when people are new to the business like you know we we always say look go, you know there's lots of new events popping up go and work on these events you know like if we like something we see see somebody's got some good food say look maybe you're not ready for us because we know that we're going to get busy and you might you know it might scare you sometimes if you've got hundreds of people queuing and you're going like i don't know how to cook <laughs> this so quickly and this way i believe me my business partner james 
if he sees you slow, he's going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. So you need to learn how to, to cope with uh, maintaining quality, but also make speed of service because no one wants to sit around and wait for so long. I mean, like, you know, we've had times where someone's been so popular and you're like, you're waiting 40 minutes for food and you're queuing. It's like, well, that's not a fun experience if you're coming to an event. So that's one of the key things as well. So we sort of guide people in terms of what's the best thing to do. Go and do smaller events. And we do some of our smaller events as well where we sort of like, you know, guide them in and, you know, and, and see how they operate. And we, we help with the operational side of things because we do understand it. You know, it, if you come to any of our events this summer, you know, they're basically festivals every week. You know, we run festival operations every week and, you know, we don't sleep. But, you know, <laughs> but we know what we're doing in that terms. Well, that's it. You've got a big tour at the moment. You're yep. seemingly, every, I mean, you must be <laughs> working so hard at the moment because it's your 10 year anniversary and yep. this big tour. And the tour just seems to grow and grow and grow. Like I thought I'd seen a list of the original list. That was just, and then that, that was, was part just one. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was like just a snippet of what was going to happen. I, what, we, what, what we tried to do is we like to take it and show it all around the West Midlands and parts of the East Midlands as well. You know, there's some, um, and we, no, nowhere's off limits basically because fundamentally people want a good cheap day out. Like, you know, we've always tried to maintain our events at a cheap cost, you know, like two, three quid to come and entry. I mean, like, because like you look at so many things sometimes and especially now, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult to take your family out. You know, if you're a family of four and we can say, look, it's just, you know, like we've got, we've got kids entertainment, we've got music, we've got food, we've got drink, come and enjoy the weather. And especially this summer, because the weather's been fantastic. You know, we're trying to just offer a really good product, uh, affordable for, for families. And that is our demographic as well. You know, like we love having families, but we love having the cool kids. We love having the older people. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a democratic sort of process to everyone to have a good time. Yeah, I went. The, the, you did one in Shirley. It wasn't the last one you did. It was the one yeah. before that, and it was so good. It was like a proper fun day. It wasn't as busy as well because I remember you did one a couple of years ago in Shirley, and the queue was. Yeah. It went through Shirley Park, yeah. all out of Shirley Park, <laughs> then all down the street. But like it was, and it was already busy inside. Well, the, the nice thing, you know, like somewhere like Shirley, I mean, like you know, you, where we where we host it, it's like you've got loads of houses around there, and like you know, it's. It's a fun way to spend a Sunday. Like, come, yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to put a little party for you guys. Come down and enjoy it. You can bring all the family. You know, it's not going to break the bank. And you can go, you know, it all finishes at six, seven o'clock. You'll probably go off to the pubs, have a good time, or go back for a barbecue, whatever. Oh, but it's just it. there for a nice little day out. That's it. The numbers at the last one were fantastic that mm. I went to. Like, just great as well. You can get the bar, <laughs> you can get the food. It's the whole point. It. Like, <laughs> How much, I can imagine, you like, Birmingham's a hard city to predict anyway, but... Mm. Do you do a lot of work into trying to predict the numbers and trying to work it's, out all it, the logistics it, it, of it? Literally, we spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours trying to work out numbers like the weather. I've got about 74 weather apps <laughs> on my phone. I've got windometers. We've got rainometers. You know, it's 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 hard. You know, and it's you know it's part of, it's part of the culture of the of the, the events and street food industry. You know, you just don't know sometimes how you're going to be affected by it. But you know. We sort of understand what our demographic is. And again, it goes back to that case of like, you know, we're open to everyone. You know, like, you know, there's not many, I don't know many places. And that's one of the things that probably, we probably, that has been to our benefit over the last 10 years is like saying, look, it doesn't matter what your, you know, what your background is, what you, you know, how old you are, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever your thing is. <laughs> it's, it's here for you to have a good time. That's all it is. And I think that appeals to people because it's like, Oh, should we just go and do that for a bit? You know, and I think that that's part of the appeal, really. Well, see, so you can pop in. Like, I'll be walking the dog and be like, oh, pop in. Exactly. <laughs> Say a couple of hours, a <laughs> couple of beers, yeah. food. Or you can go there, set up, and be there the entire day and make a whole yeah. event that, that, out that of it. They, you know, like, that's what we enjoy it. And, you know, we, we still, you know, we've still enjoyed doing the, the event build and we've got a fantastic team that really love it. And you can see that in some of the events that we do. You know, it's our team loves doing it. You can see why it works from custom point of view, though. Like like you're saying, just nip in with the duck. I mean, if you're going for a meal, it's a commitment, especially if you're a family. Mm. Is is the child going to be able to, able to eat there? Obviously if they're not, you're going to find someone who's going to look after them. Are they going to like what's on the menu? Restaurants are a commitment, whereas the Biff Dines, there's something for everyone. Everyone can just nip in. Well, I mean, I, I, per, I personally, I, I love going to restaurants. I mean, it's definitely my hobby. Yeah, yeah, you know, Sam, it's like I have to pay for all the bills. My wife, though, so it's like I'm, I'm definitely feeling it in the in the in the wallet a lot. But um, you know, like I really love the experience going to a restaurant. You know, and I'm um, sit down service. Like you know, you know, you, you think about Birmingham. We've got some fantastic Michelin star restaurants. Mm. I love that experience. You know, that's a really nice. Like, I don't go to them all the time, but it's it's a nice experience. You forget sometimes. Some people just want to go. Like you know, if, especially if you're coming out as a family. And like I've got 
big family. Mm-hmm. So when we all get together, like, you know, nowadays they all come down to Hockey Social Club. And I know that, like, you know, my mum loves Buddha Belly, so she's going to go and grab a Buddha Belly. Like, you know, like, uh, like you know, my, my, my little uh, nephew, you know, he's five years old. He wants some chips or some ice cream. You know, he can go to confection, you know. And it, everyone can go off and do their own little thing. And I think that's, that's lent itself as well. It's like, especially when we're in Digbeth, where we were rotating so many traders every day. Which was massive amount of work, <laughs> yeah. but you know you could come down and you could have a group of ten people, and you know you've been out with your mates or you know partners and everything like that. There's a big group, and you've got and, and everyone something everyone wants something different. Well, if you know that you've got ten choices, well you know that makes makes night out easier. And I think that's where casual dining really came into it. And I think obviously that's that's where we sort of we found a niche in Birmingham. I think it helped. There's probably not many times where a recession does help, but you know, I think back to uh, 2012. Mm. We were still kind of deep in that recession from 2008, mm. so it was a lot better. Like if you if you wanted to go and eat out, you'd have to go and pay a fortune for a meal. You could just nip into Digbeth Dines, grab a few bits, go home. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think the the, the 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 thing about Birmingham is, and like you know, it's it's got again goes back to that thing. We've got some fantastic, you know mission style restaurants and i think you know five five stars is fantastic and a good mm. representation of what we got but we didn't really have anything down you know like down at that street food level and i think that's where we've really you know and i think i've you know i'm lucky to have been part of that but i think we've really nailed it in terms of like that that approach there and that's why it's mm. been so popular i mean i was in manchester the other day and like you know i went for we just pop up with you know we always like to go and see other cities and stuff like that and they've really got like the, the mid-range stuff sorted yeah. like you go to northern court and i lived in northern court but i went to university in manchester and lived in northern court and for a long time and um it was just at the start and i was blown away like you know like every every road is packed it was lunchtime packed but small little places like you know you could get everything which you don't you don't see outside of london mm. and i think that's you know like you're starting to see that coming into birmingham which i think you know like it's going to make it an even better food place so yeah, i think with birmingham we're a bit more spread out in manchester it seems to be in that mm. concentrated area yep. in the middle of manchester where we've got like um, Sturchley and you can King's be in town Hill. and you jump in a taxi to go somewhere else. Like I was yeah. in town the other day, I was in the JQ. Yeah, we'd been to the cocktail bar of Padres, Ikagi. I can never say that. Icky guy, Icky guy. <laughs> yeah, we were there, which was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Then we came out there and we're like, Where should we go? I was like, Well, it's my birthday, so I was like, I want to go in the Q64. <laughs> I want to go and play some computer games and Guitar Hero. <laughs> So you just jump in a taxi, whereas Manchester, it feels like you can pretty much walk to it's, everything. It, it, yeah, I mean, like the city centre is far more condensed and it's brilliant. But like you know, like you know, you think, and this is what I love about Birmingham. Like you know, like every, everywhere it's got its little bit of soul for everything. You know, obviously I, you know, I live in South Birmingham and spend a lot of time in places like Mosley and Kings Eve and Sturchley. Like Sturchley's got such a cool vibe, awesome. and I really love it. And I really like what, what's becoming of it. Um, and it's 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 great to see and. You'd, you'd, but then you could go to Harbour, you know, like, uh, you know, you can go to places like the Plough, you know, there's more stuff coming up there. I went to, there's that Hangata, you know, there's all these little things that are popping up and they're getting little, little pockets of places where you can go. As you say, you can jump in a cab and go, right, I'm going to go Harbour, then I'm going to Sturchley, I'm going to go Jewelry Quarter. It's, they're all, you don't really get that as much. No. Well, I said my brother's coming back from, he's been working away for years and years and he's coming back to Birmingham soon, just for a little bit. He's like, where should we go out? I was like, that's such a question to ask now because he hasn't been out in Birmingham probably for like probably ten years. Yeah, and I started laying didn't all say these Broad areas. Street. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was listening. It was watching the Commonwealth closing game when they started talking about Broad Street at the end. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, come moved on. on about. <laughs> I don't think the kids even go Broad Street anymore, do they? It seems to be Bennett's Hill and place like that for the brunches. Oh, it seems yeah. to be a lot of them yeah. all day brunches. Everyone's doing. Digbeth. But he's coming back, and it's such a loaded question now. It's like, well, you start naming areas. And, you know, I said Sturchley, Harbour, mm. and he's like, what the fuck would I go to them for? I'm yeah, like, you imagine someone who's like, not been in the city for like 10, 10 years like, say we can spend the whole day in Sturchley like, for King's Eve. Like, He's what? like, what? <laughs> King's Eve? I don't know how the hair and hounds is good, but where else would we go? And I'm like, that's oh, what I mean. Like, you know, like I, you know, like I, I lived, I moved out of Kings Heath, but like I used to spend a lot of time in York Road. Grace and James, always a favourite. Yeah, I mean, not gonna lie, that little wine, like my, my local being a winery, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely dangerous. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's it's crazy. It's such a sparse city. So it's, you've got couch probably. If you're in the middle of Birmingham, you're like, oh, I want the, I want the greatest cocktail in the world. You're like, oh, all right, we're gonna have to get in a taxi now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like you said, that there is a bit of a middle ground, probably still a little bit sparse. Like we could do a bit more in the middle. Well, do you know, for example, yeah. like you know, like uh, we had some uh, we had some friends over from Switzerland last night, um, and like we were going like, oh, where can we take them? Like, and they were like, we don't want Italian, we don't want French, because they have a lot. Yeah. And he was like, well, let's go Tierra Tacos. 
you know, I honestly think, you know, Terror Attack is definitely one of my favourite places. Yeah, and what the, what those guys are doing is fantastic. Like, and then like, we had lunch, like, we had, went for a little staff meeting out at Trentino. Like, they are doing some fantastic things and I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what I they're doing. It it's, nice. you know, I've been three times already now and yeah. it, the, really, the yeah. pasta is really good. But, you know, like, you've got, like, you've got a place like Trapea popping up in Harbin as well. That's been brilliant. You know, like, the food is, the, like, the, the, these, these mid-range places, like, which are, which are affordable and mm. good nights out coming out and I love it. It really, it's, it, you know, really, Birmingham's got known as a foodie city, you know, and we're, you know, and, you know, they, we, we got recognised for that. But what's coming next, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for it, really. I'm going to say I'm, especially because I like, it's not good for my belly, but, you know, <laughs> but in terms of like, uh, in terms of like, you know, culinary experiences, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. A good few of them come from the Digbeth dining scene, though, haven't they? Like, you're lifting a baked and brick and all them that set up shop as yeah. a proper restaurant. Not, you know, I mean, not proper, you know what I mean. But you know, like you, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, like, you know, you've got Yardbirds going in um, down in Sturchy as well, and mm. like, you know, obviously uh, OPM, original Pac Men, were the first yeah. ones to go off and do it. And like, you know, it's it's, they, they, it's great to see like what they've done. Like, you know, and they're still successful. You know, Shaki Meat Shack is uh, is doing well down in Chinatown as well. Like, you know, it's all these places, and I, I really enjoy seeing these guys going to do it because obviously, mm. you know, what I said before is like. We want to give a platform to these guys who are really talented and create great food. And if they've got the ability and they want to go into bricks and mortar, then brilliant. Like, like we want to see that. Just when we see it more and more, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, really, I'm really pleased to see it. It's really cool. Should be, should be proud. Like, you've yeah, almost nurtured them, haven't you? Yeah. Like, they, 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 no, no, they, 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 no, no, they, no, 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 that's something that I really like to say. This might be a weird question, but do you have any ones that no longer do it and you kind of miss? Uh, ooh, hang on, let's have a think. Um, ooh, I'm just trying to... Because unfortunately with COVID, it did, it did um, take out a few. Who was it? I'm just trying to think. I'll tell you, when I used to... Uh, every time it was there, I made sure I was going down for it. And I can't really say the name properly. They were French. Uh, Le Grand... Le, yeah, Le, that, do you know what? That was the one. Grand yeah. Viande. So, Mate. actually, no, so oh. if, you, if you do miss him, so Tom, who runs it, uh, he was actually a but you know, like his family run a butcher's down in Tetnall and Wolverhampton. Oh, so, yeah. they've opened the restaurant uh, down there. Um, so, it's definitely worth going to check the food out. So, uh, the food is really good down yeah. there. And I keep on trying to persuade him to come back out come back out of retirement because <laughs> it's like I did like his food so yeah there's there's a good one because like, they were just they didn't have like any fancy branding no nothing like it was just just proper butchers proper <laughs> butchers doing so good. really good food and but he does have he does have a restaurant so mm. it, well, it was part of the butchers as well so you can get the meat as well when you go there so I'd definitely go and check it out and get my phone at the end and I'll uh, write it down <laughs> and find them definitely yeah, feel a trip coming up mate they were incredible did you did you go to them do you remember I think them? So. No. Oh, they used to do the pork memory. belly or there was another option. I think it was shin of beef or something. They had the yeah. two. Oh. There was some really good options. Like... Just get both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the best. Don't, don't argue, <laughs> just get both. <laughs> yeah, incredible. If you were going to do one yourself, is it one you would do? Uh, well, we, we, we did sort of introduce it because obviously I don't really, you know, I like, I like, I like cooking. I like to think I do good Indian food, but my wife's Indian says I don't because I don't do cook it right. So I don't think I do. <laughs> so, um, so I get told off for cooking that. But uh, we did, you know, like uh, hot clay. We thought, you know what, what we need is like, you know, like really good cheese boards and meat boards and for me and toasties and stuff like that. And so we went did it really well. I called it R&B. So we did oh, that. Oh, nice. So it was our little. It'd been, it'd been a running joke for ages, but we sort of like it just became too laborious. So we just put it to the side, set it aside. So we sort of touched on it but we're not it's like i don't think i don't think we'll be uh going into that again no don't fancy that no <laughs> let let the let the talented people do it. <laughs> you mentioned your wife's indian yeah. where do you go to do you go anywhere for indian do you have oh, the desi grill is definitely our favorite thing yeah you've it's, been soho tavern go soho tavern a lot oh, yeah, yeah. hen and chick to, to, to be fair with hockley hen and chickens is actually our local pub so we do i do I do get told off because i end up in hen and chickens so probably about once a week she goes oh, i can smell i can smell the grill <laughs> yeah, yeah. i go like, no no, no <laughs> i haven't been to hen chickens go you have oh, right, right, most so, lads uh, get oh i can smell someone's yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why we went trentina today because like she's going in chickens it's like no because we'll get told off because we get found out so <laughs> we're, all getting, we're all married or partnered off <laughs> 
Now we're very lucky in the city for them, aren't we? Yeah. yeah there's, some, there's some great ones. I mean, I used to live near to Covered Wagon as well, which is another good one. Yeah, it's um, probably the one we use the most, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it there, yeah. It's always packed. On as well, yeah. It's always packed. Mm. Uh, I used to go on a Monday night after yeah. recording. We tend to do a lot of these on Mondays. And not many places are open on a Monday, so we just... That was a default place to go. It's do, and and it's still busy. And it's it's such it's such a great thing in the Midlands, though. Is. I mean, yeah, I think that's it's such, and it's it's something that you know, like I love about this city. I mean, we're in the Midlands as well. It's like, so how diverse it is, and like you know, you know, we what we've done is we've taken you know the guys have taken an old pub, converted it, put put going like right, what we need is football. I mean, mixed grills <laughs> and good pints, and it's like, and it's just like the best combo in the world. Like, I, I don't blame you know, like, and I, I can't believe not many places around the rest of the UK haven't cotted onto this. No, I don't. Every time I see a pub close, I'm like, oh, please be a desi pub when you reopen, please, 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 please. Yeah, I mean, like, no, it's great, it's great. I love it. You know, it's not, you know, I'd love to open one, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to cook Indian food. <laughs> I feel like all the best ideas ever are always like, oh yeah, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> you know, yeah, beer, curry. Mixed grill, football. Back. Yeah, but it's so my, my brother-in-law when he comes down, it's like we go like, oh, where should we take him? Where should we take him? Because he lives in, you know, he, he lived in Shrewsbury, then he moved to Lincoln, um, and he's and he, you know, obviously they have it, that sort of thing there in those places, and he and he go and I go, oh, should we go somewhere nice? And he's just like, oh, he just wants to go to, he wants to go to a desi pub. <laughs> so so I literally just go to a desi pub, <laughs> and he's happy. So that's all that matters. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but then you can't be a bit of a fame as well. They, I mean, what Actar's doing is fantastic. I love it. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's like it's like, you know, it's just it's it's just great food, isn't it? I mean, I go there all the time if I could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's just, just the money, isn't it? Now, it's that soft shell crab. That that dish is amazing. I love it. The potato. I love that potato dish. The one he done a great on um, MasterChef, the professionals, the finals. Yes, oh, that was unbelievable. That is. We kind of skipped the. We kind of interrupted and then skipped everything. But you, you kind of finished the story where you were still in Digbeth and it was getting popular. Mm. Obviously, we know how popular it went on to be. And then, but obviously now you're not, no longer in Digbeth. So how did um, Hockley come about and why so, did you move? If you want so to basically, that? like you know, like we you know we we were getting really busy at Digbeth. Like we're getting you know six thousand plus coming through the doors over four days, which is great. You know, fantastic. But we, we didn't have any space, and it was like. You know, we were doing a lot of events and we had an opportunity, like we were like, um, you know, we were looking, we just wanted a space that we could do some of our events. Like, you know, we've done things like Sear and Smoke over the years, um, Taps, which is our beer festival. Mm. So we're like, you know, rather than hiring out spaces, why don't we look at space? We also needed an office because we we're expanding with our team. And I don't know if you've heard of Javelin Block, but we've been talking to Stuart, who, who has some of the you know, like really nice buildings around the jewelry court. And he had this space and it was, and we've been talking for years and came across and it was like, well, let's move in. Let's, let's go go for it. You know, we'll, and we'll carry on doing Digbeth and then we'll have a space when we want to do taps, when we want to do Sear and Smoke, we've got a space that we can use. And COVID happened. And it was like, oh God. And obviously everything shut down. It was like, right, well, you know, like a lot of businesses, we had to think on our feet. So it was like, well, okay, well, we what do we do? You know, we've got traders that can't work. We've got friends who've got independent bars like Eat Vietnam, uh, Couch, you know, Forty St. Pauls. They can't, they can't open. So it was like, let's create like a hipster supermarket, click and collect. And he created, like, I don't know if you guys came down, but created yeah. like a basically like an airport terminal where mm. you, you know, we created our own, we worked with uh, our friends, created our own booking system. And, you know, it sort of came from that. And, you know, so we were doing click and collect, you know, to help save the business, like a lot of businesses, you know, we need to find, uh, you know, the ability. And, you know, I think probably my, my happiest achievement over the last few years is that we didn't make any redundancies. Like, you know, it was really important. Like, I wanted to maintain all of our staff. And, you know, that was key to everything that I did that I made sure I kept people in work. So we did that. And then obviously Warwick, Warwick came along. That's another story. But we realized with all the COVID restrictions in Digbeth, flight, the old Digworth site wasn't becoming achievable because obviously you had the two meter rules and we worked out well if we do that and put food traders there we're going to get have about 40 people <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like you know i understand why they're doing it but it's like it just didn't become achievable and, you know from the venue's point of view obviously they're a separate business we were the event promoter in there so obviously they've been a partnership for eight years it just wasn't becoming a viable option anymore to operate there um, for them to be able to to, to to operate as a business and for us to operate as a business, it was like, so we realised with Hockley, it was like, well, actually, if COVID happens again, which it has done, you know, like we've got a place where we can create an outdoor space. If we need to do two metre spacing, we can, 
we can do that. You know, we're still by fitting, we can still fit hundreds of people in without people being far enough apart. Um, and 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 we can be a bit more creative. I think, like you know, in a way, um, for me personally, I feel like we sort of got to our creative end in Digworth. We couldn't really go any further and wanted to create something new, which was a bit more in keeping with where we wanted. So we wanted to create Hockley, where we had like a really cool, like you know, like we had food traders that we really liked. We wanted to do elevated street food. Um, we wanted to put a a record shop in with our friends at Cafe Artem and put like you know different kinds of music maybe that wasn't just aimed at like a um you know a house sort of a you know like a, a night out sort of crowd because that's what it did with become it become mm. sort of a magnet and you see you see what it is like now we, we started to attract a lot of the hen and stag dudes and that's not really my vibe um because we still wanted it to be somewhere that appealed to the foodie crowd and that's where we wanted to take it back so hockley was sort of like a vision of what well, we want to get people who are really into good food they want to have come out for a good night I'm a, I'm a little bit older. I want to see want somewhere where people can sit down. <laughs> you know, like there was a lot of standing at Digworth. No, we're not going to lie. So it was like like a lot of seating, and um, we wanted to be a bit more creative. And I think you've seen it over the last year, like where we've joined up with like the likes of CBSO. Um, you know, where we've we've said, look, let's make classical music interesting. You know, so we've done stuff like that. You know, we've just introduced our comedy comedy night. We're working with some big like comedians now, and it's doing all these sort of things where we could be a little bit more creative and go like, well, you know what, we want to do that. And I think we had, we didn't really have the opportunity because it wasn't our venue. Mm -hmm. um, where we do have that now, and um, you're seeing that across all of our venues as we keep on opening venues, it's like, like well, we're we're putting our little stamp on it, going like, well, this is a DDC sort of like vibe that we want to go down. And it was it was a good time to go. I feel like you know it's you know I think everything every, not everything has an ending, but it's like it, I think it's good to keep on progressing and trying to change things and not sitting on your laurels. Mm, that's it. The Huckley site's fantastic. It's yeah. quite big. The bar's yeah. massive. <laughs> it's all in one as yeah, well. You know, back difference. to the dig birth, it was like, was it two or three separate? So, so actually, actually, it was yeah. four, four yeah. different venues. And obviously, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's done fantastically as memories now. And I think it's reinvented yeah. itself. And we're really pleased because it's like, you know, um, James, my business partner, is still, he still owns it. And like, they've, they've changed it into a, into a site, which is, you know, really caters to a different crowd. But I, I don't think, I think, post-covid maybe that crowd that we had before probably wouldn't have been into what we do so it was definitely a time for a change and you know hockley is definitely my baby we we throughout covid like everyone who's involved with us like we've hand built that site you know like we've like we've had a part in building that and like you know it's 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 enjoyable and seeing people enjoy it it's definitely definitely a different feeling and i think going into another decade it's like it's it's nice doing different things and and trying to Offer something different, you know, like the CBSO, it's a great example. And I love it. And like we have live nights on Fridays, you know, Unique, who, call me Unique, who was one of our main performers, who was, she's now a house band on a Friday. So we have different vibes every Friday. Like we did, we celebrated Jamaica's Independence Day last Friday. So we had like a big re reggae and dance hall sort of vibe. And it was really fun. It was really fun. And like, you know, a lot of people come out for it. And, but then this week it's, 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 it's people, you know, doing completely different vibes. So, it's almost like with the food, it's, the food isn't just the central part of it now. Mm. It's like, um, it's food, music and drinks, you know, like, so you've got like, you know, organic wines, you know, so there's a bit for everyone there. And really. like a little bit of a market as well. Yeah, so yeah. So we do, so we, so we, Vietnam there, Punk and Chances there. So we do like monthly markets there, like we can come in on Sunday, like we've had like, you know, like Sunday roasts. Someone's just coming to hang out and like, we've put a big focus onto our terrace this summer. You know, we've got some big DJs. I don't know if you like, like you know, like Express 2. And obviously we, we, we look at work with like loads of really talented like musicians and creatives and stuff like that. And you know, we've we've got like the last 40 years worth of like DJs and talent coming through, playing soul, everything, you know, it's great. You know, it's 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 where I want to hang out. You know, it's where I like to hang out. So <laughs> it feels like it's kind of gone back to the reason you started it. Very early on you realised yeah, the food's got to be good, but people don't come often for just the food. They come out for a good night. Yeah. And uh, that's what you experienced when you were down in London and you're seeing what, oh, this is a uh, just an awesome night out. And now you, you're finally but, able to achieve that how you want and to. That, but that's, that, that goes back to the whole thing. I'm like, you know, obviously two venues we've got up at the moment are Hockley and we've got Herbert Shard as well down in Longbridge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got History in, in, in Longbridge and like, you know, you know, most, half of our team is from that area as well. And obviously we did our CRC down there. Like if you go to, uh, I was down at Herbert Yard on Sunday and like you've got families down there and you've got the garden and it's like really nice and you've got rotating mm -hmm. traders. So it's like the old DDC, mm -hmm. like but you've got different traders constantly. And then, you know, you like, but if you want to go to like more of an adult theme, you can come to Hockley. So it's like, you've, if, if you know, if, if I live, I live in the middle. So it's like, mm -hmm. go that way. 
you can go, I can go for like a nice like 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 day out, and if I want to go for a night out, I can go to <laughs> you know, go you to Hockley. <laughs> what made you set up permanently in Longbridge then with Herberts? Well, you know, Bobby pestered you. Bobby, no, 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 Bobby, no, 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 to be fair, we, but Bobby is from there, and he's he loved to peacock around there, which is great, so it's like king of King of Longbridge, he doesn't call himself, I call him that, he, basically, basically, with Longbridge, like, we we did start doing events there about five years, just doing, like, a Saturday market, and it just was really popular, and, like, he's like, you know what, we should just set up here, and, like, you know, we've been really lucky to work with a group. Uh, St. Modfins, who are the developers down there, and they've been really sympathetic to the area. I think you know, like sometimes big companies get a lot of bit bad rap, but they've been fantastic with us. And they've, you know, if there's certain things that people might not know, but like the shape of Herbert's Yard is the old factory, is the build of the old factory at the Austin factory, and we use the old lights from it as well. And they've been fantastic to work with, and they're really they they've put a big focus on promoting the area and creating it into a community hub and they've given us the ability to do that and you know it's it's really nice doing it and you can see people do it we do a lot of stuff with the charity down there it's it's nice because you know you think 20 years ago we're longer than that now because i remember like the marches when rover was closing down and like longbridge has been left behind for a long time and it's really nice to go to areas like that where you know like we're part of a regeneration like it's not just going to you know like you know, it's, there's no criticism here at all, but we're not just going to Bennett's Hill. We're not just going to where where everyone else is. We're going to Hockley and going like, well, we'll start that because ten years ago, no one was no one was coming to Digworth. Now it's obviously you know full of ball pit parks and <laughs> crazy golf and various other things. And but we were laughed at when we said we're doing that, and there was a little bit of laughter when we said we were setting up in Hockley. But we're still getting people to come down. And, you know, going to places like Longbridge is great because it's like it hasn't it, it's. I've, I'd say has it been sort of neglected, but there's definitely been it's been left behind at points, and obviously we're seeing changes happen. So to be in there and going and seeing people going like, you know, we're really happy having this here. It, that that's that's a massive buzz, and it's more important than going somewhere and just going like it's just about money and going like, oh, we're here. But it's it's really great giving something to the community, and we do like in the week we do we we hire out the space, so like it's it's available for people to do community stuff, and that, you know that's really fun. That's really fun. Because you, you think, yeah, for years it was just vast space there, wasn't it? All yeah. all around there, and then they built the uh, retirement village, but then they built like thousands of houses, haven't they? Yeah, and you know what, you know what, and I, you know, I really, you know, if you start to see it grow from the area, it shows that actually, you know, and it's what we said earlier about the mm-hmm. fact that you know, like Birmingham has got different vibes in different areas, and if Longbridge can have that as well, and you know. And we see more of that happening, even more better. I mean, like we need to see investment across the whole city. And then you need cool stuff like yourselves to be there for people to be like, oh yeah, I want mine living there. That, look, you can walk, walk up to Herbert's yard. We've got- but, but then, you know, that's every, you know where where everyone lives. Where everyone lives in this city, they deserve to have like things to do. Like it's mm. not just the atypical things, like you know. And that's what you know. We're lucky that we get people coming from Worcestershire, but you also get people coming from you know other areas of the city, and it, it means they don't have to go into the city. There's something something for them to do as well. But yeah, it's a. I think it's. I don't know if it's more family. I know you said it's more family vibe, but I. De- I definitely feel like it's a more family vibe. So I went there with my daughter. Just she's only seven. Like mm. she absolutely loved it. But there was loads of families there. Loads of kids yeah, just running about. Well, we, we. You know, we like last. I was there. So I went down there with my wife on Sunday, and like you know, the, the really nice thing we've we've got a team down there that is all from Longbridge. Every member of staff is from Longbridge, so oh, they nice. they they're invested into it. They love it. Like and it's like a little sense of pride as well. Going like, look, this is this is ours. This is ours, and I love that. I really know. Mm. You know, like um, Haley, who is our GM down there, and like she's you know she lives across the road, and she leads a great team, and like they, they know they. So you can you know that this is a this is a, almost a like a pro, local project, and obviously we you know like we've got some of our team from Longbridge as well, and like you know so it's they understand what what people want to see, and there's a big family demographic down there as well, and you know it's lovely to see, but you know you can get you know the great thing is like you've got the shopping over there, like if you're going to your shopping in Sainsbury's or you're going for a coffee, and you're going oh do you know what I want to fancy some street food, and it's a bit like what we said about the events earlier, it's you can pop in, you know it's you know you can pop in, have a drink, get some good food, toddle off. It's free. And you've got well. parking as well. It's always free. I went, yeah. when I went it was free anyway so yeah yeah and, you know, and obviously it's got great parking yeah, was, yeah. Was it three hours <laughs> so free three, hour, three hours is yeah. perfect yeah yeah, it is perfect <laughs> yeah. and you can take a run up the lickies after there you go you might need to after a load of <laughs> yeah, food especially yeah, if greedies are there at the moment <laughs> greedies that's what we're killed us that was <laughs> you're like I'll just have a few wings to start with and then but then I have to try everything I'm nightmare like that 
Have you got anywhere else kind of planned? So we're hopefully um, we've got some other things coming up. You know, we're looking at um, places like the Black Country. Um, you know, we're going to be doing. Uh, hope we've got. You know, we are looking at coming back into Digbeth. You know, there's some things popping up. Um, hopefully, so we're just working on that. So there are some exciting plans. You know, we want to open more places. Um, Do you feel a pressure that you have to be in Digbeth with the name? Not really. I think you know, like what what COVID taught us is like you know, like. It, it, we, yes, we're wedded with a name, but it's more of a like it's, it, when people say, "Oh, it's Dick with Donny Club," it's almost like a stamp of approval. No, mm. so it's you it's, never it, drop it's, it, it's, it's yeah. I mean, like no, like we, it's just just synonymous with us now. And I think you know, it's like it's become our umbrella term. But you know, that's why we like to give each of our places a theme, like you know, and and you know, like their own identity. You know, they're obviously part of the DDC umbrella, mm-hmm. but like they're all going to have their own stamp. Of, of like their own their independent sort of vibe and they each one each each venue that we open will be different from the from the rest do you have any kind of like i mean a classical orchestra is pretty far out but do you have anything more far out planned for huckley uh some kind of circus or something uh, mad like <laughs> i don't know i mean like you know you know we we we, we nothing's off the table really i mean always like to look at trying different things i think it's so, it's so important to do that like you know Birmingham is a really talented like, and creative city we've seen that with the Commonwealth Games and like you know like did you have a stone cold heart not to be warmed I mean like <laughs> you great, know I mean like I just what I, I was a bit like oh, I can't be bothered and then and then we had the marathon runners run past the house and I got really excited and like mm. and, I, and I saw it and you know I said to my wife's Indian but she's Indian Kenyan and like they had like the you know like when they put on the they, they do the meet and greet the Kenyan Kenyan athletes down at the Millennium Point and I've never seen her so excited and like she got to see a favorite DJ Juice favorite from Nairobi which is brilliant but the um you know you got so many so many creative elements of the city I was down at uh, the Conservatoire watching the rehearsal for some uh, like uh, celebrating black orchestral music the other week which is great um, and that's led by like, like the likes of the Heron Hounds they're involved with the sort of like involved with that sort of stuff um, you know you've got international you know the international dance festival like they, there's a melting pot mm. of, of really great stuff and we when what we we've, we've always tried to do is is give you know when we, it's what we said earlier about it was originally about street food but now we're going like right well who else can we give the platform to mm. you know like we'd love to you know and we want to we, we, we're lucky that we've got the reach now we've got the ability to to, to to say well shout about things that we like and you know i've always i've always enjoyed classical music and the chance to have the CBSO in and then do like reworkings of um, Max Richter's Four Seasons the other month, mm. and I absolutely love that. I love, I like, I like, you know, Four Seasons is beautiful, but Max Richter's yeah. is, is one of that 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 reworking that he did of Vivaldi's music. Mm. You know, it was top of the classical thing, and a lot of people got into classical music. So to be able to showcase that was brilliant. And Max is like gateway, isn't it? Max yeah, really into it. and it's great. Same. And like you know, and you know, and so like having all that and having the, having a space where we can go right nothing's off the table like you know we want to see dance we want to see all kinds of things and as I say the comedy is the next thing that we started doing I think you know there's definitely um, you know you've got you've got great places like Clee Club showcasing it and you know we want to just offer an alternative to that is the penguin um, still going no the penguin at the top of the I don't uh, know I have no idea Paddy Kavanagh's don't know on a Wednesday night I'm not I used sure. to go I used to go to one in Mosley that was always good yeah. when it was at the cross that was always good yeah they did in the room up there I think they moved from there to the um, Paddy Kavanagh's I, I think know. that's what they did, yeah. Back in the day, that was for me. We used to run around, like, like, around Mosley. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Dark Horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Who's that? <laughs> you might have just touched on it, but where do you see, like, you, if we think of the evolution of street food, where it's come to and where it is now and how far it's come, where do you see it going? Um, well, obviously, we're seeing it mainstream, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, I can't stand going into a supermarket. You see, like, street food seasoning and street food. For yeah. When you go into a pub and the ground, we've got a street food menu, you've got you seven burgers, mate. Come on. Like, yeah. like, the key is street food it belongs on the on the street. Like, you know, it's, you know, it all belongs in an event. You know, mm. I know it's, it's a loose term now. You could say mm. food truck, like an like Americanism. But I think, I think it will continue to become synonymous with, like, food quality now. A lot of street food especially after the last recession was because people couldn't afford to get into bricks and mortar and you saw talented people who needed an outlet to get it and like let's be honest like you can start off with a gazebo you can start off with like a grill pan etc 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 um and we might we're probably going to see a lot of that again like let's be honest like you know with what's going on now mm. um we're going to see a lot of people who would 
potentially own a restaurant, potentially get a job as a chef. Might, may not have, you know, might not have the facilities or the ability to do it, but they've got a product. So I think we, we, we're almost to see a regeneration. That's my my feeling. I think people are far more aware, you know, food quality and, and knowing what is going in your mouth, food wise, <laughs> is, is is is. I think we're just going to see people just being paying attention far more to what's happening, even more than before. I think there was definitely a, a core scene when street food scene really took off, but I think it's going to become more and more prominent. And I think I think you know, like vegan, you know, the vegan food, vegan street food scene is really going to take off. I mean, we're starting to see it slowly become more and more bigger. I mean, it's been there's there's been a period where it was like. It, it is a very big junk food scene, yeah. uh, but I think there's and we're we're seeing people really really getting into like like you know trying like different foods like Middle Eastern food is definitely like one of the biggest things at the moment that we're seeing. Yeah. So. Well, you see, I, if I see Baja or something, I don't know. Yeah. I'm that, like, I mean, they're, they're, thinking, their chicken wings are just, amazing. I'm like, yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> they're, they're, things they're, in the city. Mushroom chicken wings, like <laughs> honestly, I was, I, was, I, was at a, uh, I was at a party with them a few weeks ago, and I was literally just chewing their ear off about their their chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> but I see them lined up against everything else, and even I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, what? I'm getting Baja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, great. like, you know, they're great, and there's more, there's more and more stuff coming out, and I'm quite excited about that scene, really. I mean, like, if you'd said years ago, I was always vociferous meat eater, because I'm like, oh, meat, 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 <laughs> and now it's like, oh, quite fancy, a, quite fancy a vegan meal. <laughs> is there anything you wish there was more of, or anything that we just don't have at all? Think, um, why isn't someone just doing that? I think I'm quite spoiled at the moment. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm just trying to think. I mean. I've you know I've been you know we 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 we've, we've I, I was desperate for really good seafood like I love seafood and like my, I'm really good friends of Le Petit Bois used to be um, uh, little black little like blackwood yeah. and you know they do amazing seafood and I was just like guys come on like there's there's no one doing seafood mm-hmm. there's no one doing seafood and they've come and done it and they are doing some amazing food like fine, you know like you can you come along they're doing like you know scallops they're doing lobster rolls like all this sort of stuff and I think that's been lacking I think but. If they'd done it a few years ago, I don't think there would have been an appetite for it in, Burma, in, the, in the Midlands because mm. we're a little bit scared of seafood. Right? Yeah, because you can't see the sea. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's why, it's why I love going to the coast. It's like, oh, I literally just go mental. Like, you know, it, well, yeah. I'd like, love it. And, but, you know, I, I'm really, that, that's that's probably one dish I'm really, I like that one one area that I'm really pleased that we've got coming in because it's, mm. and and we're starting, we've, we've got a few more people coming on. They're going to be doing more seafood dishes like Chef Shack. One of our traders is like an amazing uh, prawn, right? Prawn dish. So there's other stuff coming, and I'm I'm really excited about that. Is there any you would think of that we don't have? Mm. You know, I used to bang on about Mexican. Now we've got it. I mean, like just mainly I street mean, food. Like you know, if you went to Bethan, something that we just never see. Don't see. You know what? I'm pretty simple when it comes to. I like Caribbean food. Yep. So I see that at most of them. Like, well, it, yeah. it, it, leave it to Esme's and yeah. Westminster Jerk Centre. They're like on it. They offer two different things, and like honestly, es, es, Esme, Esme, Esme's, uh, Esme's food. I loved. I've loved for years. Yeah. One of the sweetest people that we've ever worked with, and like absolutely, like it's really, really good. But then yeah, you've got really good jerk food from Westminster Jerk Centre. And also Adrian, who's again, he's one of the guys. Their jerk it. pork is just it's, it's, it's phenomenal stuff. Yeah. We we had them. They'd come and did a monthly resident. They did a month resident for us at Hockland. That was really, really, really good. Like, I was just I was buzzing having that. No, but I can't think of anything that we haven't got when I go to these places. All right, maybe I think somewhere where there might be a market moving forward. And we touched, we talked about it when we had Dan on, the winner of MasterChef Professionals. It's sort of the the cheaper end of eating. So mm. when you go to Malaysia or somewhere like this, there'll be the little markets. And they're all just doing one thing. They've only got one dish. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, I mean, there it's like twelve p or whatever for a bowl. But obviously, it wouldn't be that here. But that cheaper end, I think that's yeah. Like, that's I think it. we're starting to see a lot of that. People are offering a lot more sides and like going like, you know, it's it's hard. It's like, like, no, it's hard at the moment, like because obviously, like, it's the cost gone up. You know, like, mm. and I, I, you know, you know, it's all relative as well. You go to Malaysia, the prices have probably gone up, and it's all relative to the cost yeah. of things. It's just like you go to the shops, you know, you think like cooking oil's gone up, but it's gone up by a hundred, like something ridiculous, like a hundred percent. You know, you could get, you could get cooking oil for 20 quid. Now it's 120 quid or something. I, can't, I don't know off the top of my head, but you know, it is, the costs are just so oh, the costs high. are ridiculous. And, it, and, it, and it's, it, it's, I think we're all going to be feeling it. It's everywhere. more like the, oh, not so much the cost that's part of it, but it's just the idea that there's just this one little shack. Yeah. And it 
just does one thing. You mean away from like street food, as in no, like, like just just there, in general. Just in general, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Like, just, like it's just one plate, and it just sells that. Did, I remember, I remember years ago. Like, so obviously there's that Mitchell Star. Uh, I think it's Singapore, or I can't remember. And he came over to the UK, came to London, and literally just did like ramen bowl. That was it. Oh, and it was mate, just that, amazing, actually, amazing. That's what we're missing. Yeah, uh, but you know, Asia, Asia, is it Asia Asia food hall? Yeah, there's some really good ramen bowls there. I like. I go in there occasionally. Yeah. That it is good stuff. Jack, you're a busy man and we've talked like a <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been brilliant. Um, do you have any questions? Or? I do. Luckily, I've asked them that much. I don't need the book anymore. I can remember oh. them. Carl has a few light-hearted questions just to finish sure. on a, a lighter note. People can get a little vibe off you as well to see what you like. What's your favourite movie? Favourite movie? Predator. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> Someone finally said it. Oh no, no, no. We have, we have our own little groups, Predator groups. It's obsession. It's an obsession. Yeah, it's my, my wife just gets really annoyed, but I made her watch the new Predator film, which is really good. The one on Disney. Yeah. Is it worth watching? It, yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah, I but I love Predator. It's the most perfect film ever. There's no flaw of it. There's no one Absolutely scene no that's flaw. not good. There's not one. There's nothing wrong with it at all. If you're marking out of a hundred. I failed to see how you could even mark it down half a mark. It's impossible. It's, it's a perfect. 12 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You've made my day, same brother. Uh, what's your favourite band or artist? I've got a few because I've got quite an eclectic taste. So, you know, I'm part of the old school. I've got a big fan of The Prodigy. Yeah. Went to see them the other week. Going to see Rage Against Machine a couple of weeks. So all those ones. But, Are you going uh, to big... Reading Festival to No, I'm going to Edinburgh. Uh, oh, so going right. to be at the Fringe. And then... Um, what was that? You know, bit of, you know, big drum and bass fan, big techno fan. I mean, I could live my name, lots of different things. <laughs> basically, I wake up and <laughs> it depends what mood I'm in <laughs> to yeah, listen to I know it. I know the feeling. Uh, what's your favourite food city outside of Birmingham? Berlin. Berlin. Absolutely love Berlin. I think used to go there to party a lot. Now we just go for the food. So, like, literally, we just go from place to place. It's just like, it's got a really cool, like, breakfast scene. It's got, like, it's got a massive Korean scene, which is really cool. Obviously, like who can beat a bit of curry verse as well, just on the street? That's really cool. And that's you know, like talking about food when you're walking along, when it's just like, oh, you can get a curry verse thing and a little beer, get a beer as well. It's just a really cool vibe, like really cool food scene, and it's got everything for me. Like, a, if you ever go there, there's a place called Burgermeister, it's converted toilet, and it yeah. does amazing burgers and it gets, gets <laughs> queues for ages. It's just on the other side by Kreuzberg. That's a really cool place to go and check out. You said you like cooking, what's your favorite dish that you cook at home? Well, I've already told, told you I get told off my Indian cooking. <laughs> so I do like, really like cooking paella, like Spanish food, like making tapas, like doing like that. So that's, that's a fun, fun, fun thing to do. Because I think it's, it, what I love about tapas is, is like you get a bit of everything. So it's like, I'm going to do, like, I'm gonna do bitteries, so I'm going to do a bit of tapas, so I'm going to do a paella. And then suddenly you've got about 40 dishes. And <laughs> so, but then you can pick everything and go like that. And it's like, oh, God, I'm going to have to fix this one in the fridge now. So, but, you know, it's still good. But, that's, but I like doing that. It's awesome. That's you. That's me. Jack, really appreciate you coming on, man. No problem. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.